This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Misa. And I'm Jenny. And we're going to talk about Speech Sounds by Octavia Butler, first published in Asimov's mid-December 1983. That's I don't know if they still do that, but they would put out two issues in December. Uh, yeah, the double issue, yeah. yeah. They, still do, they, they still do that. Yeah. Um, not sure... I'm not sure that that makes a lot of sense, but it's a bonus, bonus extra, something, right? Sometimes well, they provides, did like a summer issue, double summer issue, but they do like two, two issues. It gives the chance for them to do longer forms that they can't do in the regular magazine, like novelettes and novellas. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I came to this story through uh, HP Podcraft, the HP Lovecraft literary podcast, where. They are expanding out from H.P. Lovecraft now that they've done everything else. And I, I've read Octavia Butler before. Had anybody else read this before, Paul? I, I, re- I read it back when I started learning about Octavia Butler. After my full start with Bloodchild, I, I read this back when I was I started reading uh, her patternist novels and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And did, did it so, stand, stand out in your memory enough to remember it? it, it I, 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 rem- I remembered... I remembered the opening scene pretty well on the bus mm-hmm. and I hadn't remembered the rest of it, but yeah, but that, that, that chaotic scene on the bus had stuck, stung out and it still, and it stands out pretty well now that I, now I've listened to it and thought about it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Misa, have you read any? Uh, no, I had, I had not read any of her before, but um, I really, really enjoyed this one. Good writer. Mm-hmm. Jenny? Yeah, the novels that I've read have been some of my favorites, like The Parable of the Sower, Parable uh-huh. of the Talents. And she wrote Kindred, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's an amazing novel that I've handed out to friends. So, But I think short story-wise, I've only read one other short story, and it was inside the Sisters of the Revolution anthology edited by the Vandermeers. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Evening and the Morning and the Night. And interestingly, it's about a disease that basically makes people disabled Mm. mentally wow yeah so there's some similarities this may be the dry run for that or uh, i guess if it's another short story another variation but she seems to have Mm. disease as a sort of a primary um interest uh there aren't that many bio science fiction writers but she's i would definitely classify her as one of them right Mm -hmm. oh definitely she she hangs out not in the physics department but in the the virology labs and <laughs> that sort of thing, right? Yeah, in the biology. I mean, yeah, I mean, her Zeo, Xenogenesis trilogy is very much concerned about human evolution, the future humanity, how it interacts with aliens. The patternist novels involve this guy that's basically breeding humans for thousands of years. So yeah, so. She's she's very much most plays in the bi in the in the biology end of the swimming pool, mm-hmm. which is not as common as the physics end. No, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was thinking also that like one could and maybe that one has assembled a collection of 
of uh, just like sort of public transportation <laughs> um, science fiction stories. I was thinking how very much like a Philip K. Dick sort of set up it is, you know, somebody on the bus. Uh, he, he, he took the bus a lot and, uh, we find out in the afterward that Octavia Butler doesn't drive, right? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. which means taking the bus and Los Angeles is not well known for its, uh, <laughs> wonderful transport, you know, public transportation system. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, uh, Philip K. Dix has a story called The Commuter, which is a, a, you know, a train, uh, between towns in california i think that that's more of a it's just you know you're not wealthy right it's sort of a lower class thing but um i also remember that ray bradbury uh wrote a story pretty much the same way um and set in los angeles as well called uh the uh, pedestrian which is about a guy who He's just walking home one night and or walking, walking, walking the streets and a cop car pulls him over and (laughs) he's walking, but it pulls him over and says, what are you doing? And sort of interrogates him, makes him get in the car. And uh, he says he's a writer, you know, after the cop asks him and takes him to uh, basically an extermination camp or something. And. The car is empty, wow. right? It's just the car that's that's driving him. There's no cop in it. The car is the one that's inter- doing the interrogation. The idea of, of, you know, public transportation, you're interacting with the public. You're interacting in a formal way. You're outside the home. This has uh, a lot of that. It also reminds me a lot of um, stories like... Uh, uh, not the chrysalids, but the other one. Um, I was going to say it reminds me of the chrysalids. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit. But Day of the Triffids. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Of course, the way uh, The Walking Dead, both the comics and the uh, and the TV show, um, start, you know, they throw you into this world that has been transformed. And uh, this is a pretty amazing world, and we get a brief glimpse of it, but... I, I was very impressed by this story. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, I think I think uh, it, it works very well. We st- we start off with her on the bus, and as as she thinks about things and expands things out, we slowly get to build build up a picture of how this world got to be where it is. I mean, we're we're not told at first, like okay, so mm-hmm. why 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 are people acting this way? But we we slowly interrogate, slowly find out. That okay, the entire world has been hit by this, but by this most terrible disease that didn't kill everybody. It just made, it just broke down civilization because her her, her central thesis in this story seems to be civilization equals communication, mm-hmm. and without communication, you can't have civilization. And that seems to be what she's ruthlessly interrogating here. And when communication breaks down, but you you had a civilization, how do things go on? They go on brokenly i think that a lot of people did die i mean one of the yes things, her, her whole family died mostly right yeah like, um everybody lost but but not to the point it's not to the point of like say the world's been depopulated I mean, there's enough people to have a bus there's yeah there's, I, the, I, there's I, still there's still there's still enough of a population that it's 
that the major threat isn't that, oh, you're, you're sitting alone on on a farm somewhere or on a city block. It, there's still enough people that there should be a civilization, but they're really – and people are trying. I mean, there's a bus. I mean, why does the bus driver drive the bus? Because that's what he knows. I, I was imagining all – how does he get paid for that? They probably hand him things. They probably hand him food. He probably he get- had posters on the bus saying what he would yeah. accept as payment. Right. So there, there were. Uh, it's it, we don't know exactly how many people survived, but it sounds like it's pretty depopulated. What percentage? Uh, it's probably impossible to say. Um, I mean, some of the things indicate that the sort of civilization is continuing, right? Um, we get little touches like a line at figure on Washington where the bus normally made a left turn. So there's a normal route, right? Uh-huh. Um, but if the guy's sick that day, there's no bus, right? So it's, there's a, there's still a bus system. There's still a police system, right? But they're, you know, radically uh, reduced um, given that, I think it says that um, I don't. Maybe it doesn't say most. It doesn't but, seem like a bus system and a police system. It yeah, seems like yeah. every man. I mean, there's himself. one guy who is the one bus, guy. Right? If, yeah. if you take it upon yourself, you can be the guy that does something. Yeah. So you, okay. you can you can be the bus driver. Yeah, you can be the cop, but no one's gonna listen to you. You don't. They don't have to. They don't want so to. Who, Unless you have a gun. Who paid? Unless you have a gun. Yeah. Paid. I don't think he does. I think. No. I don't know. He said I, he takes trade. Did, so did, if you want to get on the bus, he has he has stickers outside the bus that say what he'll take for you to ride on it that he needs for yeah. his family. No, I meant mm-hmm. the cop. Oh, how the does, cop. How does the cop get paid? Uh, in sex? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, you must you must have been uh, well, reveling. This she, is post-apocalyptic, right in your aisle, right? Yeah. Um. It the um. Uh, Rye says, I've scavenged, searched, what did she say? I scavenged, farmed, uh, you know, to, to subsist. I think that's what it's come down to. Right. I don't think anybody's getting paid. I think they're just finding what's left mm-hmm. and, and making the best of it. And there's the, the, the creepy, smelly guy across the road from her, her place that has two women farming his, his lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So when he wants uh, Rye to be the third. He's, yeah. He's he's like he's like a cult leader with no words, right? <laughs> he's, he's assembling a harem of uh, women farmers for his his uh, compound. It's but it, at the end. <laughs> it's pretty at horrible. The end, it is horrible. Did but did you wonder at the end how many women actually could still speak, but but. Mm. We're afraid to let others know. Like I was wondering after the end of the book, I was thinking about those two women, wondering if they actually were communicating with each other. Mm. Like, you know, we don't know. Well, Mm. the the, the story makes it clear that the disease affected men harder and right-handed people harder. Mm -hmm. What is the majority? What is the majority of power in the world? Mm. Right-handed men. Mm. Well, yeah. So, 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 I mean, Butler's been consi- considered and uh, classified as a feminist science fiction writer, so you could you could make that interpretation by so that yeah that women in general are less affected by this disease, but to show that is absolutely positively dangerous. Well, for and, sure, yeah. And, and so of course, 
there might be people who just are are uh, playing a little bit of possum. I mean, it's clear that it's clear that Valerie's been affected. She can't read maps, for example. She, mm-hmm. she can't read anything. Yeah. Right. So, but as far as but not being quite as uh, de-evolved to uh, savagery as as the average person. And, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, you could also read this as a reading of women's reactions and fear of men. Um, I was just having a Twitter conversation just today about uh, women dealing with men, following them, acting funky around them and how they have to deal with that. Like oh, suddenly pulling out a phone and making a phone call so that they won't be bothered. And I felt really uncomfortable that men treat women this way. And women have to have strategies to deal with it. And mm-hmm. in this world, the new strategy is play dumb. Mm-hmm. And pack a gun. And pack a gun. And pack, pack a gun. Oh, and pack, pack a gun. A yes. gun. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to read those sections describing what's wrong. I mean, this is the, the real SF sort of element, right? It's not just yeah. a post-apocalyptic world with, you know, our zombies are different. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, if, if there's zombies there, they're... Uh, they're you know unique special snowflake zombies that <laughs> they'll have they have their very own sort of uh impairments right so and i think it's very interesting because uh, i mean well i'll just read it here uh he pointed with his left hand towards the bus the dark tinted windows prevented him from seeing what was happening inside his use of the left hand interested rye more than his obvious question Left-handed people tended to be less impaired, more reasonable and comprehending, less driven by frustration, confusion, and anger. She imitated his gesture, pointing towards the bus with her own left hand and punching the air with both both fists. I guess th- indicating there's a fight on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the bearded man stood still, made no sound, refused to respond to clear to clearly obscene gestures. The least impaired people tended to do this, stand back unless they were physically threatened, and let those with less control scream and jump around. It was as though they felt it beneath them to be as touchy as the less comprehending. This was an attitude of superiority, and that was the way people like the bus driver perceived it. Such superiority was frequently punished by beatings, with even by death. Rye had close calls of her own as a result she never went unarmed and in this world where the only likely common language was body language being armed was often enough uh, being armed was often enough uh, i can't read she had rarely <laughs> i can't read because i'm having a the disease affect me she had rarely had to draw her gun or even display it um so uh, well, there's one more. I'll read this one, too. Next page. Loss of verbal language had spawned a whole new set of obscene gestures. The man with a st- with stark simplicity had accused her of sex with the other bearded man, uh, with the bearded man, and had suggested she accommodate the other men present, beginning with him. And then they go on to speculate as to why... Who had caused it? Was it the Soviets? Obviously, uh, placing it in, a, in the period in which it was written. Um, yeah. Is yeah, I'll it, read that out. Yeah, go for it. The illness, if it was an illness, had cut 
even the living off from one another. As it swept over the country, people hardly had time to lay blame on the Soviets, though they were falling silent along with the rest of the world on a new virus, a new pollutant, radiation, divine retribution. The illness was so stroke swift in the way it cut people down and stroke like in some of its effects. But it was highly specific. Language is always lost as severely impaired. It was never regained. Often there was also paralysis, intellectual impairment, death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was very interested in in like just thinking about how I, like I've seen people act that way, you know, not barring what they're saying, you know, just especially when I was younger. Maybe it's maybe it's still happening, and I'm not seeing it as much. But I remember there were there was a lot of scenes like, oh, you think you're better than me, like that sort of line. Where it's about, yeah. uh, you're insulting me because of my superior. You're looking down on me. How dare you look at me? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and being trapped on a bus, obviously, <laughs> is not the best place to have it happen. Um, if you're in a public square, you can, you know, make your make your scene go. But on a moving vehicle, um, it, it's kind of a it's a kind of perfect nightmare of hell. Yeah, and especially in this world where she said if they if he tried to rape me, they'd watch and they'd watch if I tried to shoot him. Like everyone is just mm. so apathetic now mm. that there's no, <clears throat> you know, no recourse, nowhere to, no no safety net anymore. The, the, there's right. no there's no uh, advantage in trying to help people. Mm-hmm. So, or the jungle. So what what, yeah. what is going on? Uh, uh, I get the sense from the text that Obsidian, the the cop, is he's he's mentally impaired, um, sort of in that he does want to help people. That's sort of where his impairment went wrong. Like, um, it's not that uh, is it, he's particularly heroic. Um, it's that the, it you know. If he was a cop before the change or whatever, or the silence, I guess there's a great line in there. If there was ever going to be an a, a, an adaptation, they turned it into a movie or a TV show, they wouldn't keep speech sounds as the title. They'd make they'd call it the silence or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and this could totally, I mean, you totally could make a movie out of this world. It would be difficult, and it wouldn't be a giant blockbuster. I was thinking how low block- budget you could do it, right? It's just buy a bus and a few cars and. And you don't even have to pay most of the actors for actual <laughs> acting, no right? Because no dialogue, right? It, it can no, make no, it almost no, a silent uh, film. Au uh, 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 contraire. I mean, you'd have to, have to have actors who are good at physical gestures, at uh, body language and conveying things with outwards. You'd have to have really good people who could try to make things across if for the audience, if not for the other people around them, because there's – this, this story is all about the lack of communication between people, but the audience for a movie needs to be able to try to be able to suss that out, even if the other people in the world can't because they're impaired themselves. So you'd actually have to have really good actors. That's where all your money would go for this. Well, film. well, well I'm not saying you shouldn't have good actors. I'm saying that uh, the way the union rules work is if the actor speaks, he gets paid actor's wages. Whereas mm-hmm. if oh. the actors just dance or, you know, like stand spear carrier or, you know, throw their arms <laughs> back and forth, you don't have to, uh, 
you don't have to pay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Actors oh, yeah. rates. Uh, the SAG so scale, you, yeah. You could do it very cheaply, is what I'm saying. Like the, even the science fiction elements, there, you know, there's no special effects needed, right? Just a few gunshots and and that's it. But if uh, in that way, it seems like almost not science fiction. If you if you were if you did it without sort of a narration or a very good um, uh, scroll at the beginning of the film, you might not even know what's going on because there, there, there are other ways of. Uh, there's a, there's this, a, a, a Vietnam War movie, where they took uh, Vietnamese actors, um, and uh, American actors, and they switched the languages, right? So the Americans are speaking Vietnamese, and the uh, Vietnamese are speaking English, um, to give you the sense of like being put out. In this case. It's like just visiting a foreign country where you don't speak the language. Um, some sometimes people are talking or they're making their gestures. You don't know what it means. There's something kind of cool about that. Everybody is an alien to everybody else in this world. Yes, they- yes, that's, mm-hmm. that. Yes, yes. Put a, put a star on that line, readers. Everyone <laughs> is an every, everyone is an alien to everybody else in this world. Exactly. Mm. Or instead of being science fiction at all, it might be a romance, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because she finds this man who can still read and she discovers that and decides not to kill him anyway, (laughs) which I thought was really interesting because her impulse was rage and jealousy, just instantaneous. And she had this gun in her hand and then she let it pass as if maybe before she hadn't. Yeah, 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 that, that, yeah, yeah. It's possible that she killed some. She's killed somebody else, and we just—it's not within the frame of timeline of the story. At the very least, other people have done so with others. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how would she, you? How would you fail if if, if 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 this situation happened? You came across people that could do things that you frustratingly can no longer can. You could you can no longer read, but here's people who can read, and you're already mentally impaired. You have a gun. The impulse is there. You, I, I can't say I wouldn't. I wouldn't have, have the same feelings as Valerie here. One one of the striking lines uh, is she she doesn't she says uh, this is on page thirty one. She had heard so little coherent human speech for the past three years. She was no longer certain how well she recognized it. No longer mm-hmm. certain of the degree of her own impairment. She knew that she had been affected. Uh, that her memory. Uh, she used to be a history teacher, right? That her mm-hmm. memory was uh, affected as well, um, besides her reading. But she, if you have nobody to, to talk to or nobody talking, unless you've got a whole bunch of audiobooks, I think you're screwed. Oh, that would have been the answer. They just needed audiobooks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, what about people who can't understand speech? They would be. No, that, they would find that, that's just jibber jabber speech sounds. Well, an obsidian can't, right? So that's the worst right. thing is that he can read the words, but he couldn't read them to her, and she can hear, but can't see the words. So I think uh, he he could hear too. It's just that they mean nothing, right? It's it just, just like nothing. it's just like the right. da 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 da, which means put your gun on the ground or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my question is: Do you, if you used to be able to speak, but you can't hear or understand the the words, could you still speak? But you never mm-hmm. even understand yourself. It may, it may come come out like 
like when deaf people try to speak, it often sounds very off because they can't hear themselves. Right. But in this case, it's like a lack of understanding. So I'm wondering. So the bigger question is, can you even communicate? Like if you can't speak, can you even understand your own thoughts anymore? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Though. So it says it's it comes on like a stroke, and of course, um, when people have strokes, and I've known people to have them, um, it does impair your ability to communicate. But it can it can be um, right. One 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 of the things it's never mentioned in this story. One of the interesting things is yeah, they can have aphasia right where they can't speak. They can have um, a miss. Uh, they can also hear things incorrectly, but that's rarer. Um, and then there's there's a few other interesting ones like um, they can they can still communicate by singing, um, <laughs> which is never attempted in this, right? Um, all you have to do is memorize a few uh, very uh, communicative short songs like, uh, oh wait, we don't have any. They're all like row 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 your boat. <laughs> 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 Unfortunate. Drive 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 the bus. <laughs> Gently down the street, merrily We right, need right, all right. of the sacks here to help that's, us out. That's right. Yes, I'll, I'll, I wonder if all of the sacks ever read this story and what do you have thought about it? Well, I, I'm mm-hmm. betting that uh, it was kind of the other way that uh, Butler was reading about just such things, right? Um, she, she talks about visiting her own her, her friend in the afterward, uh, uh-huh. who was uh, dying of a. Uh, rare uh, cancer um, and of course cancer does spread around and can get into the brain and it it, it is very traumatic for people um, but I, I my sense of Butler is that that she was reading the popular science and that was sort of something that was coming up in the 80s right is sort of more interesting brain studies than uh uh, we're going on in the 60s and the 50s. Just um, the work of Oliver Sacks and other people. Mm-hmm. I like that it's um, it is it is entirely based on um, having a science fiction sort of epidemic of some kind, and then that one little thing, the being a lefty or a righty, really has a has a profound effect, and then giving you. Uh, uh, the the rage right for anybody who has has that ability taken away. But it's it, so that's so primal though. Like if, you, no matter what, if, if you know your your best friend wins the lottery, you like I'm sure you you think oh that your first thought is damn it, you know like I hate you, and then you, you have to bring yourself back. <laughs> okay, no, I don't really hate you. I, and you know like your you, your primal instinct is always not always, but a lot of the time, it's because she said we are animals. You're all chimpanzees without communication. Mm-hmm. We're nothing but hairless chimpanzees. So you fall back to your to the very bottom of what makes you a human, pre-human, for, without it. Mm. You know. Yeah. That, so yes, your jealousy the end, and right? hatred is the, uh, what you start with, and then you have to, as a human being, you over you like say, okay, no, that's not true. That's wonderful for her. <laughs> but. Well, I was really interested in this idea. The one element of humanity is that everyone has a name, 
but your name has to become an object of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the only pin I have is a book cart. So I guess that would be my new name <laughs> or book book truck. <laughs> that, that would be your job in the post-apocalyptic world is driving around this. Po- you'd, be, you'd be dead because people would you'd be, be the library, the portable no, library. That would be my name. Yeah, See, be that's the pin that I have. Yeah, but, but books are used as fuel in this world. I mean, she even says so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's books aren't valued anymore. Why don't you? Why don't you go like with cake or something? <laughs> Jenny bakes <laughs> <laughs> oven, <laughs> something like that. Because uh, I think if if you you know thinking about what what job you would have in the in the afterworld, she was a history professor, right? Um, th- it's so interesting that that in the post-apocalyptic world um, she loses the ability to read her own books she can't get, bring herself to burn the books and that uh, a butler said how when she started the story she was really depressed and came away less depressed having finished it um, mm-hmm. at the end she becomes uh, kind of what she was right there's a line here near the end she had been a teacher a good one she had been a protector too, the only through only of her though only of herself. She had kept herself alive when she had no reason to live. If the illness let these children alone, she could keep them alive. And then she she does choose to protect them and you know take them yeah, home. Yeah, did you see, did you did you see what brought her back though? She she was about to abandon the two toddlers. She was like just about anybody else. Yeah. And it was language that brought her back. Right. It was communication but, that yep. turned her around. Communication is civilization. And I think, and, uh, and consider, consider the last two lines of the story. On Valerie Rye, she said, savoring the words. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I want you to talk to me, savoring, savoring is an interesting phrase here because, because the, the, the implication is even though they're children, there's somebody she can talk to. Hmm. That can't be discounted in this world where nobody can really communicate well with anybody else anymore. She can talk to them and they can talk to her. That's yeah. so rich. Uh, but and and the, and in this world, the only ones we've seen that can speak are women and children, the ones with the least power in this society, mm. or, or or society in general. If you want to take a broader view of uh, what a butler's saying about our, our society well, yes yep yeah uh kind of reminded me of um i think jenny were you on this show uh we did a show on the scarlet plague um which is uh a jack london novel i remember doing the heel the oh, okay. iron fist <laughs> the iron heel, some kind yeah. of body part yeah, that that that's <laughs> that that's uh sort of yeah his uh, that's a later one. Iron Heel um maybe I was the only one on that one then. It's uh takes place in 2073, 60 years after a uh, I was on that one. Oh, were you? Okay. Uh, an epidemic called the Red time. Death. So do you remember um sort of the 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 play of there's a I think there's a a really old man mm-hmm. who used to be a he used to be an, a professor at a university in California, and now he's down to uh, his great grandchildren or whatever are feeding him, and they do mean things like put a bit of grit in his food. 
And it was, oh, it's just, yeah, so. I'll just I read. do remember that old man. I'll just read this part here. It says, his grandsons are savage, and they live as primeval hunter-gatherers in a heavily depopulated world. Their intellect is limited, and their language abilities. Edwin asks Smith, uh, whom they called Grantzer, to tell him of the disease that is alternately referred to as the Scarlet Plague or the Scarlet Death or the Red Death. And then Smith, the Grantzer, the grandfather, recounts the story of life before the plague, where he was an English professor, and how the disease had come, and uh, how it da- you know, killed so many people, um, and the, then the breakdown of society. And it was about how the the lower classes were suddenly uh, empowered. And, I, I mean, we have a happy ending in the story of this, sort of, right? Because she's got a purpose. She didn't put a gun in her mouth um, and kill herself. That's a good thing. Um, she's going to be able to raise these kids up. But one of the things that's missing, right, is that she won't be able to communicate to them even though she was an expert in it, history. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's a, you could call that, oh, it's a liberation. We don't have all this burden of history, you know. Uh, but I would say, no, you're going to make all the same mistakes, right? Um, and in in the Scarlet Plague, where it's, it's afterwards, right, the, one of the tribes is called Chauffeur because one of these, one of the people who happened to survive the plague was a, a driver and um he does he takes on a harem so what's interesting is that i i doubt that butler had read it because scarlet plague was not at all you know on anybody's radar in the 80s anymore um but it, she sort of reconstructs that whole sort of um the low being brought up um the the cost uh I, I, if this was expanded into a novel um, you see that, I guess, I don't know if you guys are watching yeah. The Walking Dead, but you see sort of that same thing. They become almost feral. There's there's a scene in one of the episodes uh, in one of the later seasons where they've been sort of scavenging for a whole summer. They com- become completely wordless. They all know what to do. They all, they can indicate, you know, they can gesture. They're working like a tribe, but they're they're all, they are more like, chimpanzees in a certain sense that they're they're hunting and gathering rather than you know uh talking philosophy there's no talking at all and uh maybe it is a garden of eden recaptured scenario here with a young girl and young boy uh brother and sister being able to uh speak but not having the burden of all the sins of humanity behind them but uh i don't what do you guys think It is the liberate. Oh, go, go ahead, Jenny. You go first. That's Misa. Oh, oh Misa. Sorry, Misa. I, sorry. I, I, you know, it reminds me. You ever have your house get so messy, so <laughs> messy, where you'd like to just blow it up yeah. and start fresh? Yep. That's what this story reminds me of. Where it, it, it civilization just got to. It, it, it's like she's what she said. All the things that could have been divine retribution. It's like a strike with the tower of babel okay you just fucked this up so much we're gonna start again Ooh, i like that <laughs> i 
I was thinking, are you talking about your your house is so badly in order? You're talking like 2017. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I mean, some, I, mean I usually a, clean it. I usually clean it and, and don't have to start again. Bulldoze but, the whole uh, thing and start again. But yeah, it was a start again part. Yeah. Like I, this is how it is to me. It is like we have to start again. We have to start again with, you know. The, the kids are on. I'm pretty sure they're unaffected. They're toddlers. It happened three mm-hmm. years ago. These kids are born after the plague. They're immune, right? So they're going to be, they would be able to read, is my take on it. They would be able to mm-hmm. both read and write, but she can't teach them to to read. No. She could hand them no. the books. She's got the books, but uh, the story's not finished in a certain sense, right? So we have to figure it out for ourselves. There are people that can read. Yeah, but they but they can't teach probably. That's right. So I I'm wondering if if there's any I don't think I was thinking about how could they ever learn to read? I mean, they've got the books around. They you should be able to figure it out. But it don't it it don't sound like it's going to be easy. I I I don't know. It I um this brings me to the mind of uh translation of uh, various ancient languages throughout history and how difficult it's been. And I mean, for example, the, you know about the story of how hieroglyphs were deciphered, mm-hmm. correct? The reason why the Rosetta Stone works is because there's three alphabets on the Rosetta Stone, hieroglyphics, demotic, and ancient Greek. You know the ancient Greek, so you can kind of and what they did over years, bootstrapped to the demotic and the hieroglyphics. But if you don't have any of those languages, a Rosetta Stone is very difficult. is is was worthless. It brings me in mind the uh, the story of deciphering uh, Linear B on mm-hmm. the, the Minoan language on Crete, and how difficult that was. It took decades of work from uh, a couple of researchers to actually make sense of it, and I mean, they were brilliant researchers. One, there's, a, there's, a, I, the name of the book escapes me. That tells the story of the patient work it needed to actually work. That are, are these kids capable of doing that? Unless they're super geniuses, no, they're never going to be able to learn to read because it's everything's in linear B to them. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think it's even worse than that because um, everybody who's studying other languages, right? They, they have their own reading. To their own language that they could read to begin with, right? So they know what they know what reading they know is. English or they know Spanish or whatever language it is. They they know how to read that, and then they know that the the words are going to mean something. There's a thinking about what Rye would do. She takes them home, right? They're surrounded by books, all these things that you know. It's possible if you have one of those little primers, right? You have the the ABC book. Right with the cat, <laughs> um, it goes back to my focus on how important illustrations are in in books. Why I'm so obsessed with books having illustrations. Um, when you can point and say, "Look, this is that," right? And hieroglyphs uh, of other languages, like um, uh, I guess the Mayan, um, Aztec uh, hieroglyphs, they are translatable because there's some connection to the image that they they came came from um that might be true for um chinese as well but i'm not uh, as up on that 
Pictures are very important. <laughs> yeah, I, I have the name of the book, by the way. It's The Riddle of the Labyrinth, The Quest uh-huh. to Crack an Ancient Code by Margaret Fox. That's the most recent book about the deciphering of uh, Linear B. It's important. Learning to read is important. It, it's, uh, it's interesting that um, I, I think that the personal part of it, Octavia Butler on the bus... Um, she's surrounded by people. Most people she's surrounded by are just, they're people. Whether they read or not, you don't know. But mm-hmm. um, when, I, I would guess, we folk talk to other people. We're mostly talking to other book people. And so I don't, I don't get mad at other people uh, when they have lottery wins and stuff but i don't play the lottery so maybe that's part of it um but jenny you've got uh, a show called reading envy it's not read reading rage right <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was if it was uh, um if you lost the ability to uh, to read then it might become reading rage yeah that'd be think? a tough one that'd You'd be a tough to, one you have to become yeah. zen about uh about it or something well, and I was thinking about, so if she hasn't lost her knowledge, like if she taught history, she probably has a great sense of knowledge and she can talk to these kids and she can keep them safe. She can tell them and teach them what she knows. And then eventually along the line, maybe they'll find their own way of writing something down. I took this class. Okay. So I was in ethnomusicology PhD program that I dropped out of, but I was in it for a year and we took this class about uh, the transcription of non-Western music. And we were given this piece. We weren't told anything about it. None of the context or sounds were explained Uh and we all had to come up with our own way of transcribing it, not using the Western music notation system. So it reminds me a lot of like what, what would happen next? What happens when they get to be adults? What if they never encounter someone who can help translate words to the page i i think they'll find their own way mm-hmm. invent their own language yeah because language is communication they'll want to do it you know if for no other reason than to communicate with each other when mm-hmm. they're not physically there to actually talk because there's still I, a lot of similarities like when like if you think of the music analogy mm. music moves through time and words represent things and so there's so many different ways of approaching it i almost think that maybe her taking these children in is the way that literacy is going to come back into this society in some way but maybe i think it's hopeful it's a hopeful story it has a hopeful ending absolutely (laughs) it has a hopeful ending yeah yeah it's funny that we're focused on the reading um i guess we think it's all important but um so many still people are, more book people. So well, that's right. But there's so many like the, I there's so many things that are mentioned in the story um, that I'll just read one. As they passed block of uh, blocks of burned abandoned buildings, empty lots, and wrecked cars and uh, wrecked and stripped cars, he handed her the gold chain with a book. Right. So uh, they have sex at the intersection of. Uh, uh, the LA Civic Center and something else, right? Uh, basically, in public, 
there's there's almost nobody around. So there's nobody around. There's it, it's highly highly depopulated. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether I, I it's ten percent of the population that's left or not, there's it sounds like there's not that many. Um, and a lot of women are well, at least several of the women. Uh, two of the women in the story have to find um, protectors, right? That uh, guy across the street, and um, and Rye herself uh, thinks of the loss of um, Obsidian as you know she had just found somebody she had found, and yeah, she he he might have gotten tired of her later on, but she had him for now. Um, yeah, she mentions that. Yeah, or well, maybe he meets somebody else on one of his missions. Mm-hmm. But that'd be okay because he'd have she that she'd have him for the moment. That's right. Mm-hmm. And there's um a, a kind of sadness that's beyond uh, just losing losing history uh, and and books. The there's something there's something extra sad about about it i was thinking you know if this was a tv show and they started off with this is the first episode they wouldn't kill obsidian they'd wait until later in the season right uh maybe the season finale or whatever but then i was thinking they really got to do a show on um what how deaf people are affected because after a certain point with the um with the gestures, right? They're developing these gestures so, so much. Isn't isn't um, sign language simply another kind of language? Would would the deaf be, you know, the new masters? You know how it is in that story. Uh, the there's a Wells story called the Kingdom of the Blind. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. In which every the, the protagonist comes across a Andean mountain um, valley that's cut off from the rest of the world, and everybody in the valley is blind. Um, and he comes falling into this valley, and he thinks, "Oh, good, I can be king, right?" And they <laughs> think of him as mad, and mm-hmm. they want to put out the his eyes because they're causing him all sorts of trouble. He, he he's admitting uh, they can feel that his the heat coming out of his space where his eyes are these sort of growths obviously making him mad because he's talking about things that make no sense like the outside world invisible light and that sort of thing um, wouldn't it be the case that the people who who had this to begin with right the ability to to communicate without words without the it, it, is it in the speech center i guess is what we would have to like put somebody uh, into a fmri and see uh what part is affected is the gesturing center the same as this speaking center it seems to me that it's it's comes back to communication mm-hmm. so they would lose it they, they would have lost it the same way she lost reading and the other guy lost speaking. She said it took the work, the thing you wanted or your best away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I want, I want, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I want to throw a shout out to a project that uh, my friends in Australia are doing. It's um, an anthology called Letters to Butler where they were, sil- hmm. with, uh, they uh, 
submission deadline so long since passed, where they're submitting people to basically write letters to Octavia Butler because they had done one tip tree before the tip tree. Now, so yeah, so yeah, now they do let, Now they did. Now they've done one for letters. Well, I wonder if any of the letters will have uh, touched on the story and how it and, and its power and uh, power about communication and civilization. I hope so. I don't know, uh, but it's it, this is cl- clearly this is one of her pressing concerns. What is civilization? How do we communicate? What happens when it breaks down? And how does an or- ordinary person make their way in this world? Mm. You know, like even now, we all we all speak the same language, but effectively. We all we read articles that conform to our own biases, and 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 we've we've put ourselves so far into our own um, prejudices and and ways of thinking that we it's like I I look at some pe- some things on Facebook or or read news articles and stuff I don't understand yeah. I don't understand how people can think like this and this is a fundamental communication breakdown because we are we're so separated from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, it goes the other way, too, right? So, uh, some people, <laughs> they use words in the ways that we think they can't use them that way, that that they don't, you know, <laughs> not trying to point to a specific governmental figure, but there is one <laughs> I'm thinking of, um, who, you know, like, that's not, you can't do that. <laughs> that's not how these things work. It has to, there has to be a flow, uh, a chain of something and now it's it's more about the the just it's almost like they're using words in a way that are gestural and sort of pointing and indicative rather than as uh argumentative as in making an argument or something like that yeah i was gonna say that twitter has almost become the um aggressive gesture because you don't have to listen to what people say in response Mm -hmm. to it. You can do it as much as you want. And if you're in a position of power, who's going to stop you? It's Mm -hmm. it's also very hard to communicate big ideas in a short space. Yeah. Yes. Much like a hand gesture. (laughs) Right. Totally. Or a pin. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed I can get as much in by, you know, abbreviating things, but, Still, you can't really communicate. Uh, if if we were limited to 140 characters and really and real, you know, real communications with each other, um, it would be much more difficult to have our a world. And it's almost like Twitter is set up to not let you communicate because as soon as you start adding people's names, the message you can write is shorter. Ah, I think I <laughs> yeah, think you've, I think you've sure. uncovered a. <laughs> a conspiracy that's probably uh, well, 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 not proven, but well happening, and it's true. Um, I I think like, oh geez, I wish this person had a shorter, <laughs> because I can't add one more thing. Right, because you can't add anything. It's kind of like in this world that Butler has described. Like if you had a gun in your hand to show your um, power, you also couldn't gesture and communicate. Right. It's just the same. Good. I'm seeing metaphors everywhere. <laughs> this has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.